Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hello, Angel. Episode 164. 164 of the Freud's Angels podcast. Welcome. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. I'm very uh, appreciative of everything today. I feel like lots of realizations, lots of, you know, just, just good stuff that I'm, that I'm feeling. Um, We talked in our, in our, um, our card reading about the Virgo full moon and how differently it has felt from other full moons. And I'm just kind of basking in that because we just revisited it um but let's go ahead and shake things up a little bit <laughs> let's get into some like ooh energy <laughs> what are we talking about today grace um we're gonna talk about um like do you think how i think and we're gonna step into the spectrum of neurodivergency that was a pun, by the way, um, and <laughs> a really bad one. But anyways, um, <laughs> just, <laughs> right? Um, because there's a lot on the internet. There's a lot of opinions, and this is also another very place of opinions, but thoughts. And but we're gonna give you our thoughts behind the opinions. We're gonna give you our perspectives from you know, from the worlds that we live in, the spiritual and the psychology worlds, and just kind of maybe give you a very kind of almost neutral perspective of what we feel is happening and our thoughts on it, because I think it's important. Um, I think in some ways, both Vanessa and I, and Vanessa, correct me if I'm wrong, because I hate to speak for you when I'm speaking incorrectly, but I feel we're both um, not what they quote, and I'm using the bunny ears quotes, neurotypical. Like, I yeah. feel like the realization a lot of us have come to at this late stage is from a lot of avenues. It's, it's, it, there's a lot yeah. to consider. And we're hopefully we'll give you all those things to consider when you're thinking about how you feel about it. Yes, 100%. And yes, you're not speaking incorrectly for me. I was uh, actually diagnosed with ADHD in 1998, when the only thing they knew what to do was to throw medicine at you. And I tried Ritalin, I tried Dexedrine, which was horrible. (laughs) And uh, that was, I mean, that was my first year of college, it was incredibly difficult. And I was like, Oh, no, right? Like, uh, nobody knows what to do with this. It's not my uh, back then it was like ADD versus ADHD. And we thought of the hyper, we, we were very like hyperactivity was physical back then. So if you weren't a physically hyper kid, they didn't know what to do with you. And I was not a physically hyper kid. Um, or like, I guess at that time I was a teenager or young adult. Um, but yeah, they didn't know what to do. So they just threw medicine at you. And when I was like, oh no, the medicine's not going to work. What am I going to do? <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm doomed. So I went through my period of feeling doomed. And then I was like, well, um, you still are going to have to live your life. You still want to be successful. You're going to have to figure this out. Right. And this, this is way before, I mean, I don't even know if I have a cell phone yet. Like <laughs> I had a pager at that time. I mean, this is way before we had the inter- the the information that we have available to us now. So it was a very interesting road. But I will say, even just saying it now, I think it was an easier road because I feel like it was just like different was different, you know, and it wasn't all of this like super pointed, stressful what kind kind of energy it was just like well your brain does different things yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of like left there um so yeah i mean for that that time i mean it, it took me a long time because of that you know people didn't know what to do but yeah i mean i've developed my own belief systems about neurodivergence and neurotypical anyway but um yeah 100 that was that's who knows if there's even other stuff going on with me but I, that's always been going on with me is that that adhd 
um, label, I will say, because I don't think of it as a disorder. I'm not disordered. I just am what I am. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the myth busting that we spoke about in our reading for the week that what happens is, is that when the discovery and the information begins to the awareness of something within the psychology field about something that's happening, we begin to give it labels, which is a good thing in some ways, mm -hmm. but in some ways not. Like we begin to consider it being different than what a normal quote unquote person thinks and how their brain works. And I was telling Vanessa earlier that you know, growing up, there was just no awareness around it. There was no awareness of what this is. You were like ADD or like you just were hyperactive and they would just kind of throw medicine at you. They didn't understand what it was at its fullest capacity. Not only that, but let me try not to get on my rant, but the people that were giving out these like medications for the mind, like the 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 um, Adderall and the Ritalin and stuff, were GPs. They weren't specialists in the field. You were getting yeah. them from your general practitioner, giving mm -hmm. you these drugs because that would that would cure your son's like like hyperactivity. Mm -hmm. And it's like we didn't step back. We just looked at we looked at if kids are were uh like submissive to what was expected of them by adults that's yeah. how that's the frame of mind it came from like i being obedient and yes that's the word i was searching for but could not find it thank you i i experienced this with my stepchildren because one of my stepsons has probably a little bit of adhd a little bit of add like it is he's kind of a little bit on the spectrum a little bit mm -hmm. neurotypical and but here's the thing he had so much energy in his little body that he could not focus mm -hmm. it was like expecting a wild kitten to sit still and listen to you and to like obe obey like it was so unrealistic and and they pushed and pushed and pushed so that he would have medication and i fought so hard for that not to happen and this is before i was even doing this work and understanding or had any type of understanding but in my heart i knew that at home if i let him go out and play before we do homework he is more focused he is more ready to learn and his brain is more calm. Like it was giving him the space to get rid of all the things inside of him in order to be present. Because I asked his teachers, hey, when is he most attentive? In the afternoons, after he's had recess twice. And gym class. So yeah. he has done all the things to get whatever he has to get out of his body. And he has finally that way and i think we don't understand is that most children are like that you know mm -hmm. what i mean that's not even a neurotypical thing most children are like that their brain is like like ping-ponging from thoughts to spaces to interest to like oh my god squirrely things like yeah, most the kids are hiding they're learning it they're taking it in and most kids are like that but the thing of it is, it's like, I think the word you use, Vanessa, and I, you know, which I think is so true is that certain kids learn quickly how to mask those things. Mm -hmm. Or their obedience through, through, uh, through whatever, whatever works for them, right? Like whether it's punishment and fear of punishment or reward and love of reward or any number of anything in between those two things, you know, some kids are easier to achieve obedience with yeah and i use that word so harshly for a reason because i very much believe in all of this being constructs that are not human and the like i get very sensitive when i talk about kids and what you just talked about with schools and things like that like schools are anti-kid when you think about the structure of it it is the exact opposite adults can't sit in a cubicle the way that we expect children to sit in a cubicle, but yeah. yet we expect children to do that 
whole thing. We we don't allow them to have the the uh, freedom and autonomy that an adult in a cubicle would have, right? And they and we're presumably supposed to know more things when we're adults, but yet we still experience that same inability or non desire to sit and do things that we don't want to do, things that we don't find important, things that are not thrilling to us. Yeah, they're kids, right? So when I think, I mean what was school even created for you know I, and what do people use it now what why is school so important now where are you going to put your kid when you go to work because now both parents need to work you have to send them somewhere you know so regardless you have to figure out how to make them obedient there too and so there's just all of these things that are man-made constructs this disobedience that is necessary economically versus humanness like what would happen if we took away all of that what would we really be doing all day every day we'd be letting our kids go do whatever explore whatever that's what we would do because that's what kids do we all know that you know somewhere in there but that's not the society we live in so this yeah. is where this all comes in and that's where you know if you ever look at kids playing on a playground can you tell the difference between neurodivergent and neurotypical only if it's drastic yeah right so if you have somebody who is lower on or i sometimes i don't like using lower functioning but like having like on the lower functioning society wise i guess or you know social cues on the autism spectrum you can see that right like you, you can see that they're less engaged that's about it though otherwise you just see kids playing they're doing whatever they're you know and so that and that's their natural state so their natural state isn't typical or divergent we create that and decide on that based on how obedient they are yeah yeah and so let's go bring it like let's go swing the pendulum the other way and come to adulthood and all of this new conversation especially on social media about people self-diagnosing themselves as being on the spectrum or like having neurodivergent or having adhd like there's there's a there's a resurgence of people realizing with the with the use of knowledge on social media and and all the things learning there's an, a resurgence of understanding that we have about ourselves that we realize holy fuck, like this like maybe i don't think normally maybe this is something that is a thing because like i'm struggling to work in the parameters that society sets as to being normal yep. and 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 i get really angry about the idea of the word normal because yeah, every time you say it i feel like we're both like because i think that we all have different capacities but like our parents generation that wasn't a thing like that was extreme cases like the people that had those types of diagnoses were people like you said that that didn't that were that had a lot of qualities and um actions that were kind of obvious like it was more obvious that that person was on the spectrum and so the and and believe me when i i watched a documentary about the care home the state home in laconia new hampshire and how badly that was because if your kid was on any type like if you were like if what we think now is autistic like maybe they stim or have tics or they have a rough time understanding society or kind of going to school because and they get triggered maybe they have episodes those um those humans would be put in this state home with other humans that maybe had some um maybe some mental issues i really hesitate to word mental retardation because i think that that's a horrible word but it's it's any type of neurological or psychological or any type of difference even down syndrome any disabilities they were all shoved in this home that's what their generation did mm -hmm. and they were left so there was never sought to be an understanding of what was happening they were just left to be in this home with no care just maybe kind of basic needs very few being met in a clean and 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 
kind way, in a way that helped them. It was just more of, let's put them here because we can't cope with them. And then we just leave them there. That whole ostracizing the differences, the people who are different and don't work as what other people consider to be normal. And our parents didn't have that perspective unless they were in the field. And even then psychology didn't have the knowledge then either. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to our generation now, now that we're adults and we have access to information and the information has grown, there's a sense of understanding ourselves on a deeper level. Because I can't tell you how many times I've done some reading or someone shares or a psychologist or neuro um, scientists will share about the mind and about how it works. And they'll say, yeah, you know, these symptoms like we think are severe, but a lot of people actually experience them. And to see some of my own thinkings and the way that I think and the way that I work included in some of them, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like the more I realize how non, how I'm not neurotypical, the more I have understanding about how I think, the more I can help myself cope with situations. Like I am, you know, I, I can function. I'm a human being. I can function in the world. But, and this is, I think, for all aspects, not just like my brain and how it works. But as time goes, as I heal these things, as I'm out of the situations where I have to be neurotypical, the more I see how strong my masking was in those situations. Mm -hmm. like, it has to be, it's a survival tactic. And my, my survival mechanism is not being triggered constantly. So I'm like, I'm losing or I'm not using those masks. And so that when I do go into public and do have to like talk to people, like, I realize how vastly different and how difficult it is for me to interact with the public. And because I'm not like, I, I struggle, I struggle. Like I empathetically can feel that, but that's from having to know, like monitor everybody's emotions, but mentally and they be able to be able to articulate and to connect with people sometimes is hard for me. So I'm like, and my capacity to cope with people at work and people in places like I'm like, man, shit. Like, yeah, but it's like everybody being so different. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. are in public more often than we've ever been in public. Public is everywhere. We're expected to be public. We have now decided that being social is a thing that everybody needs to do or else. And so now we're bouncing ourselves off of the or else thing that somebody made up. Like it's not it's not natural to feel like everybody's supposed to be the same level of social. That's ridiculous when you actually say it out <laughs> to be like, well, we should all be the same social. We should all have the same work ethic. We should all love the same. We should all speak the same. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, that's not true, but we have this standard that somebody set and now we are all bouncing off of it and going, oh no, I fall short there. What's the label? I need the label because I need to be able to tell people why I fall short there because that's where my comfort lies. That's how I'll elicit compassion, right? Like labels now are ways to elicit compassion where compassion should exist just because we're humans, but we, we've, we've created such a society that that's what we need, right? Like it's we need to be able to say here here's why i'm doing this so that you don't get mad at me basically you know like in a, in a nutshell all right like so that you can understand why i'm falling short right yeah. because i have this thing right yeah. and 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 that person goes oh yeah 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 you have that thing so it's okay <laughs> like what <laughs> like when you say all these things out loud you're like oh my god this is so ridiculous that we're even doing any of this we have to because this is a society we've created today we, we have to figure this out and talk this out, but it is actually insane that we even have to do all this to be able to say, here's the label for how I think. The label should be, my name is Vanessa and this is how I think. Yeah. And the other person should be able to go, hey man, I don't think that way, but cool, right? Like, and there we are and we're done. But no, I have to say, I'm Vanessa and I'm, I have ADHD and that's why I'm bouncing all around all the place. Oh, okay. Now I can accept that you bounce around all over the place. Before I was gonna call you this, that, and the other thing, but now I know what you are, I can accept that. And like, I feel like on some low level, I think we all get this, but to me, it was like brought to the forefront when I was watching, um, you know, Love on the Spectrum. 
I didn't even know, to, like, I wasn't really on my radar to watch it. And then I just watched it and I was like, you know what? Some of these people, <laughs> if I met them in society, I would have a real difficult time speaking to them. And when I say that, I mean, some of the people who are a little bit less affected by their diagnosis. Yeah. And so they have little quirks, right? Little quirks that might irritate me because that because I don't have them, <laughs> right? Like I don't get that that's the way you think. So when you speak to me that way, I apply my meaning to how you're speaking to me and I don't like it, right? Whereas if you tell me that you are on the spectrum, I get that you are not doing it from my meaning, you're doing it from your meaning. Ridiculous, shouldn't be that way is that way right <laughs> and it, it like blew my mind where i was like oh no like i bet this happens a lot i see that it happens to me right like and i am a counselor i'm a little bit more open with people i am a little bit more curious about people than the average person like i am for the most part willing to look at somebody and go why are they doing that i wonder why they're doing that yeah. why would they say that you know i'm a little bit less reactive but I saw it that I was like, oh, it's still there. It's still there. But if you tell me that you're on the autism spectrum, man, I've got compassion. I've got patience. I've got all the things that I didn't have two seconds ago. Okay. Ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and as you're saying that, I'm over here like, oh, my God. Like, I just want to throw up because here's the thing is like, why do we need a reason to offer compassion and, and yeah. equity? Why do we need to? not take things like it and let me let me draw the, the connection friends because i think it's important if that's the case which to be honest with you i understand because that's how we're taught to relate to people um but if we're having an expectation emotional physical mental of a human being and they're not meeting that we take it personally it's a very entitled way to live thinking that if you're not speaking to me or treating me in the way that I expect you to, then you are like, it's, it's because like you're doing it to me. It's you're, you're, disrespecting me. Yeah, you're disrespecting rather than understanding. Now there's a complete and utter like spectrum of, varying degrees of that like yes you have people who are really far over in the idea of you know you know everybody's okay i you know i let people treat me poorly and and there's that middle ground where understanding where it's just how the people work and making a decision of whether you want to be friends with that person or in a relationship with them knowing how they work you get to discern that I, we were just having a conversation about this. Knowing how someone works and having empathy and understanding doesn't mean that you need to be, let them be, like be in your life. If, if you don't feel you can cope with that type, the way they think, the way they are, how they treat you, not in a blame or shame type of way or that they're bad, but just knowing this isn't a person I would choose to be friends with, or this isn't a person that I want to be friends with because I, I'm feeling some kind of way or that I our communication is stunted in some way. You get to make those decisions and have that autonomy, even if you understand why they are the way they are. But then you have the other spectrum who that very far, that far, far end where everybody is like, you need to talk and speak and do give this to me and you need to fulfill me and make me feel loved and make me feel safe and make me and in like it's all your responsibility like there is that complete spectrum the yeah. not so much all in and then in the middle of some <laughs> kind of like whatever so and and i feel too is that there are people in this world that that use the idea of these labels and who they are as a reason not to be good people mm -hmm. There's, yep. there's people who just feel safety in it. Yep. yep. They feel validation in it. Yep. And, and that's mm -hmm. their decision. This has nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. But we get to choose who we want in our lives. And it's mm -hmm. not up to us to decide how they get to be. Mm -hmm. That is their responsibility. That is who they are. We just get to decide if we want them in our lives. Not in a negative, shaming, rejection way, but in a way of just meh. So just no, just no. And, mm -hmm. and 
if we can offer compassion, understanding, and care, knowing someone is on the spectrum or on autistic or neurodivergent, why can't we offer that to all human beings? Because right. chances are, chances are nearly every single one of the humans on this earth are neurodivergent. Yes, they are because neurodivergent is based on neurotypical and that doesn't exist. <laughs> Nobody's the same. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> because if nothing else, we all have different experiences of learning environments. I mean, there's no such thing because some people exhibit quote unquote neurodivergence because they were raised in a, a more open environment where they were allowed to be whatever and and all of that kind of stuff. But then you throw them in in a in a very um, controlled environment and they can't handle it. Conversely, you'll see some people that you are calling neurotypical, but they grew up in a violent household and they're terrified of everything. So they are extremely obedient. They will do everything that they are told to do. Oh, you're neuro neurotypical, neurotypical. No problems here. Are you kidding? Like that was environmental, but you're, ugh, it doesn't exist. <laughs> God, I get so mad. And I and I never got really mad. You'd think that I'd been mad since 1998, right? <laughs> like when I started to have a label, you know, but like I didn't get mad until probably I got more mad when I became a parent. Like that's for sure. Because I was like, you can't do this to children. Like I just got like I got an extra boost of upset. But the the deeper I got into being a counselor and sitting down with people and being like most people are very good. Most people are very good and things have happened to them and that's why they display certain behaviors. And that's like so simple and basic, but not a lot of people can get that. Yeah. Right. Like that, God, there's a reason for everything. And if we had the ability to, like you said, have compassion and curiosity from the start about all the humans, then it would be easier. You know, like people are always like, oh, Vanessa, you're so, you get along with everyone. Like, I don't get along with everyone, but I just really try hard to do what you were saying. Like, I just see the person and be like, is that a person that I want to hang out with? I don't care. I don't care to say if they're good or bad. I just care to say if they match with me, you know, if they, if we have the same energy or thoughts or desires or whatever, like, it's not about judging smart, dumb, better, whatever, like none of that is there but it comes i i realize that it comes from the fact that i i do what i do for work so i've been exposed to so many different kinds of people on a really deep level to really get that to be like oh my god like there's so much beneath the surface that nobody ever knows yeah. and that's where those actions come from that's where even those beliefs come from you know like I had a friend once be like I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you sit with people who are so like closed minded and I'm not going to be political, but you know, like closed minded yeah. political and like, how can you do that? And I'm like, cause I know that in that they, they are conditioned and that in their heart, they're not conditioned in their brain, they are conditioned. And so I can sit with them and have more curiosity and I don't have to confront them and judge them based on what they learned and believed because of where they lived or the people they lived with or how the propaganda got to them. Like, I don't need to do that. I need to be on, right, like level with them on a human level to see who I think they are, you know? And yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Like I said, it's easy for me to be over here like, but most people who are like, yeah, well, not everybody tells me everything about their life and why they are the way they are. So I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and uh, part of me is like, I hearing the, the, well, what am I supposed to walk on eggshells around everybody? No, that's not what we're saying. Or at least it's not. No, because you don't have to be on eggshells if you get this. Yeah. Because you won't get your feelings hurt if you're not doing what you said, the personalization thing. Like if you're just letting people be who they are, your feelings won't get hurt. Yeah. And I think it's more of a reflection of how are we interacting and coping versus how others are treating us. It's like, how are we reacting to it? What meanings have we made? 
that's the thing. What meanings have we made from that? Like those, you know, those situations, those conversations. Now it's, you know, it's like I said, we don't need to use neurodivergency as an excuse to like, to take any type of harshness, upset, like people that are not treating you well, that's, that's not a reason to just be like, oh, they, they're neurotypical. So, so I need to be like understanding and compassionate. Yeah. Okay. But you don't need to stay in those situations. That's, you get the autonomy of that. I'm, I know I said that before, but I'm reminding you all again. <laughs> right. I, Drill when, it we, in. We, when we go into those spaces, we go into that spaces of, oh, cause I'm lightweight too, because I have a big heart. I have a huge ass heart and, and I want to just like allow everybody to be in my life because I have complete and utter empathy and understanding. And I'm like, no, no, no girl. No, no, no. That is not, that is not the case. No, because there are some people who in their understanding or themselves and how they treat others and whatever, that it doesn't match with me. It doesn't match with what, how I interact with people, like how we communicate doesn't work together. How we, how we are doesn't work. And it creates like, well, it doesn't matter what it creates. If I don't feel comfortable and if I don't feel like I want to be this person's friend because of the way that they work in the world, that's my choice. That just end up because, but I always make sure, like I keep saying, and I know I said this many times, as long as I'm looking from it from a perspective of not that they're not fulfilling my need, but it isn't someone I choose because it doesn't work with me energetically. It doesn't work with me communicatively. It doesn't work with me physically. Whatever that is, it just, I, I just, it's like, I don't, so I don't hate the person. I'm not telling them they're a bad person, but it's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't match. Yeah. The vibes don't match and that's okay. But, right. but I don't want to do it from a space of they're awful and they can't do this and they're not this. And, and that sense mm -hmm. of like, they're not fulfilling something within me. They are who they are. And, and on the outset and the neutral space, the thing we keep saying to go to neutral space, it just doesn't work. It's just never going to work. And it's okay. It's okay. Um, I'll stop reminding people of that though, because I, <laughs> no, no, I think I think people need to hear it because that's what I mean. I feel like that's a, that's a, the thing that a lot of people jump to when they've been like emotionally abused or something, where they're like, uh -uh, no, I'm not going to understand those people whatsoever, <laughs> right? And it's like, yes, we are not asking you to go deep into the trenches and become the understanding and and put yourself in places where you know that that are dangerous for you. But it is about that like real accurate assessment of like, is this a place I want to be? Yes or no, right? Like, if I don't want to be here, then I don't need to make excuses for myself or for the other person. It's just not where I want to be. This is not the behavior that I want to be around. This is not the words I want to be spoken to me, you know, like, and so I don't have to go any further than that to create all of this other meaning of it. I can just assess like, okay, our energies don't match. Our, our, our belief systems don't match. And that's okay. I think it's that negative energy that is, is the danger here that has been created by putting all of these boxes, right? Like this is good, this is bad, right? Like if you are this kind of neurodivergent, good. If you are this kind of neurodivergent, messy, right? Like, <laughs> you know, same thing with mental illnesses, right? Like if you have this mental illness, it's okay. And we should definitely like coddle you. If you have this kind of mental illness, right? If you have intermittent explosive disorder, we don't like you <laughs> because it's an anger-based disorder, right? Like. Mm -mm, no, you are bad, right? Like all of these, you know, all of these ways that we've done that have created negative energies within us when we really want neutral energies. We really, I think all want neutral energies. We just haven't been taught how to exist in them. We haven't been taught how to create them within ourselves and within each other. It's all, it's all this like societal brainwashing that we're dealing with right now of, of feeling like we have to do certain things. We have to stand up to people. We have to let people know how they are, blah, blah, blah. You know, like whenever I sit with clients who are trying to navigate like friendships that are, that are toxic, right? Like I'm constantly, I mean, and this is a constant thing. I'm, I'm constantly reminding them, you do not have to do this with negative energy. It's hurting you to do this with a negative energy for you to feel like you have to talk bad about that person in order to let go of them is creating negative energy within you too. 
It's not even creating negative energy within them because they're in their own experience. You're not doing anything to help them, change them, show them anything. You're only hurting yourself. What you what you're best served always is to be like, this is not where I need to be. And settle into that and let that be as basic as it can possibly be. But again, we have all of these things, all of these constructs that are swirling around that are like, well, I need to have a good reason, right? <laughs> like, well, so here's the reason they're A, B, and C. Like, no, no, no. The reason <laughs> is we are not compatible. Yeah. And that's it right and i have to let you manage your your side and i have to manage my side but that neutrality is something we have completely lost well and i say we have completely lost but I, there are definitely some cultures out there that still exist within those constructs we as americans do things pretty toxically <laughs> like in a lot of ways <laughs> yes we do well, yes we yes. do <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely, um, I, I feel like it's, I mean, and, and, and like even my own experience of seeing the idea, you know, around like the, the autism spectrum and the, and the different levels of functioning in different areas and, and my own biases and non-biases, you know, it, it's, it's that reminder and that humbling reminder for everybody that none of us has everything all figured out and that our curiosity and our openness is the way, right? Like, cause I feel like I said before, you know, like I feel like, man, I go out into the world and I'm like pretty understanding. I'm pretty kind to people. I'm pretty, you know, like I'm, I try so hard to be neutral because I like how it feels. I yeah. like that people don't have the ability to pull me in directions, right? Like I love that. But then I saw that part of me that's like, ooh, you still have a little something there, right? Like that's something that hasn't been touched within you. And so you haven't been able to heal it or look at it. But here it is. It's here to, to show you your own reactions to certain labels and the way that you have deeper compassion over here when you could have deeper compassion across the board without, again, like you said, without throwing myself in fires. Having compassion isn't about throwing yourself in fires. It's about letting people be where they are, saying, oof, that's a space that you're in. And I'm neutral about that. I'm gonna stay over here in my space. If I don't really like it, or if I don't really wanna be over there, or if my job isn't to help you, I don't need to be over there, <laughs> right? But I can instead go, that's rough. You know, like, gosh, I can't imagine thinking that way because I really can't. I can't imagine having that reaction because I really can't, but I don't need to judge your reaction. I can just say exactly that. I can't get into that space. I don't want to be in that space. So I'm not going to go there and I'm not going to judge you for being there. I'm just going to go over here to my space. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Gosh, I know it's like, we messed up so bad. There's so many times that I just didn't like, well, how did we do this to ourselves? Like, ugh, I go through it with so many societal constructs. Like, we really messed up the human experience for ourselves in a lot of ways. In some ways, we're doing good. In a lot of human ways, very frustrating. Yeah, thousand percent. And, you know, and I think, too, is like, for those of you who have found solace and understanding your neurodivergent self and how that the way you're thinking and being isn't something for you to be fixed. It's just a part of how you work. And just if you can invite in the compassion for yourself that you give to others, knowing that, like, I highly encourage if it helps you understand yourself and bring in that compassion, then fine, fine. There's no Yes, we want to learn how to understand and work in the world that isn't accommodating for us. And you you kind of have to kind of find some way to do it and the tools and the tips and all the things to manage your, your life and how you work. And that's a process and it's a learning process. And it's helpful when you have a therapist to help you learn those things and bring those things to them and, and say, hey, this is what I struggle with. How how can I, do you have 
things or ways that I can learn to see what works for me in managing the real world, because it isn't easy. It isn't. And I think too, part of the reason of this surgence of people who have discovered their neurotypical is partly because of the freaking pandemic. We all quarantine. We all had to sit with ourselves. We didn't have to mask so hard anymore. And so we learned our masks kind of were like, oh, like a muscle. You don't use it. It doesn't work. And when we were expected to go back to the working world and go back to the world, quote unquote, the way that it used to be, then what happens is, is we don't understand how, we, why we can't function in those worlds. And because of that, we're learning a lot about our our neurological spaces and where we are not neurotypical. And that's important. That's important information. It was a shitty thing to go through and to be faced with yourself and all the realities of who you are, but it's not because you're broken. Or it's not because that there's something wrong with you. I think it's more normal to be neurodivergent than it is to be neurotypical, to be honest with you. And I, I hope that in learning some of the things, it gives you awareness around, oh, okay. So it isn't because I'm broken or it's because it's it's a trauma response. It's just who I am. It's just the way my brain works. Mm -hmm. And having that relief of not needing to fix shit is immense. I mean, I tell you what, it's it's like unreal how the stress and pressure we give ourselves to do things. I mean, like I'll give an example, a personal example, cleaning my house. You know, when I was masking and I was in the outside world and I had to be in that part of my masking was cleaning my house. And it was like, had to be a certain way and had to do a certain thing because of all the things but when the quarantine happened and I couldn't go anywhere, I didn't need my mask. I realized that executive function is a thing for me. And the depression came and all of the things that showed up was like, oh, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it. But because I pressured myself so hard, I did it less. It, it became greater. You know, those reels are out there that where the person is like, you know, point of view of, a person who needs to get stuff done and in their head they're like get up lazy get up and but they're just laying there because they're they're paralyzed with the the dysfunction and and I don't even want to say it's dysfunction but just whatever they're experiencing and I'm like oh that is so me or it was so me but because I'm learning myself and I'm learning how my brain works and I'm learning how my body works and my all parts of me work I have an understanding of how to not put so much pressure on myself and learning that I get things done, but not maybe in the typical way that I've done them all when I was, you know, trying to mask and be in the real world. Like it's learning a new different way of being, if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, I feel like that's, you know, what you have to do when you're like, oh, here's all the things that I was taught. Right. Like, and, and again, like just, just saying that it was taught because even when we talk about neurotypical, or typical ways of doing things, um, even regionally, that's different. So again, like the the ridiculousness of like, here's a nationwide way of doing things or a worldwide way. I mean, if you take us versus another country, we do things vastly different. Who's divergent and who's typical? You know what I mean? Like we can't make that assessment. We're just creating one here. You know, I mean, like some of the things that I have to do that I don't want to do are things that I've been told are important to do, right? Like these are the, this is what you have to do. This is the way you do it. You gotta, you gotta wash the dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. You know, like just dumb things I don't like doing. You know, like you gotta fold the laundry when you bring it home or else. And it's like, there is no or else. I don't wanna do it. So I'm not going to, the world isn't gonna end. It's going to be fine. I don't have to worry about this being a problem. I don't have to push myself into this kind of stuff. Cleaning the house. Do I have to clean it like this? Because somebody told me I have to do it room by room? No. If that's not how my brain works, if I want to bounce here, there, and everywhere and take four hours to do it, well, I guess that's what I'm going to do. Right? Like, that's that's what I want to do. I'm going to let myself do it however it is that I feel like I can do it because it's going to be easier for me to do it that way. It's going to be always going to be harder for me to say, here's a program that's built on somebody else. Um, I should do that program. <laughs> 
like always going to be that way. You know, like my sister always jokes that like looking at me in the kitchen is like, like she's so confused the entire time because she's very methodical. She, she can do one thing all the way to completion before she goes to the other one. I do not. I do a ton. I mean, I, I was laughing at myself yesterday, even where I was like, geez, like you have six things going at one time six of them right? and you're just turning over here and then going oh no i forgot to put the butter over here and then you put the butter over here and then you're next to the coffee maker and you're like oh no i forgot to dump the coffee grounds and so you dump the coffee grounds meanwhile the first thing not done <laughs> because you're just bouncing through all the it's the way it happens and i've had to learn that the amount of things i put on my list for the day has to be with the understanding that that's what i'm going to do so I can't put 10 things on my list because I can't bounce between th 10 things and complete all of them. I can bounce between five things and complete all of them though. So that's how my ADHD day goes, right? Like do not give yourself more than this much because you're going to set yourself up for failure. And somebody else may say, these are important things that you should do every day, but they're not me. And so they can do those 10 things in the day. I'm not going to, right? And I'm, and I'm not going to feel ashamed about it. And I'm just going to understand that I need my success to be my success. And it, it has to, you know, go according to that. And I think that that's what a lot of people who went through similar things that you went through. It's like, why am I doing all this stuff, right? And that's where it came in. And that's where the sadness came in is that I'm doing all this stuff, not because of me, but because of all the things that have nothing to do with me and having to attach these things to yourself instead of attaching them to like, you know, all of those other constructs, right? Like they do want the dishes out of the sink. I do, right? <laughs> like I, I had to go, okay. So before I used to take them out of, you know, make sure that there were no dishes in the sink because there is no, you know, like it's dirty to have dishes in the sink overnight, right? Like that was my belief system. And so it was like, I hated doing it because it felt like I was doing it. You know, like I didn't understand why I was doing it, right? But then being like, ooh, morning Vanessa loves to get up and have no dishes in the sink. So yeah. at night when I don't wanna do anything, I'm like, morning Vanessa loves that though. So let's give her a gift, right? So I can attach myself to it instead of it being like a have to do. I'm like, no, 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 this is a gift for you. Do that, do that as a gift for you. Right. And, and that became how it had to be. I do that all the time. I just want to say this. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, I will always say my future self will thank me. Yes. And I do. And, and like, and like you said, like there's something energetic about having the kitchen, not, it doesn't have to be spotless, but it has to be like things off the stove, dishes kind of done or in the dishwasher. It doesn't have to be washed, but in the dishwasher and like, the garbage and whatever the counters may be wiped out. If like I on on the hardest days that I'm like I'm so tired I just want to go to bed and I'm like I wanna and I just I I take myself through the kitchen to get the fill up my water bottle and I'm like and then I just start doing things and then I'm like I'm tired I'm like no future us is going to enjoy this and be thankful and it's going to make it easier so that tomorrow will be easier for us and then I'll get up in the morning and go so excited that I can just take my pan and make my eggs and toast my bread. It's like, yeah. I'm not having to, like, I am less likely to do that and cook for myself if my kitchen is a mess. Absolutely. And, and, and so it's like understanding, you know, I don't discount that I'm tired, but this is going to take five minutes. I'm like, we'll do this for five minutes and then we're good. And then if we're not done, we're not done, but we've done five minutes of this and we've tried to make this happen. And the more times that is rewarded by me feeling good and the euphoria and the, the like, yay, thank you, previous self. It's like, it's yeah. like thank you, past self, because I'm like the, the gratitude that's internal that happens feeds that one that's tired and is like, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, let's do that. Rather than this is really weird because the dynamic of this is like people pleasing, but internally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I see it as like, you know, my dad's always like, do this for your stepmother and do that for your stepmother. And I'm like, oh, okay. But it, internally, I'm like, no, do this for your future self. 
do this because this makes them happy. And because I'm rewarding myself with the gratitude and, and the happiness and the joy and the thankfulness, it feels more reinforcing to keep doing those things. Now, if I am tired and I'm physically not okay, it's not going to get done. And it's okay. And I'm okay with that. But it's learning when I have the capacity to just do it and get it done because then we feel good. And yeah. And yeah, so learning how to not have that internal dialogue, because as you were talking, I was thinking about how difficult it is. And I know that you've had to do this. We all have to do this when we when we've discovered it, that the internal dialogue cannot be you're a lazy piece of crap when you decide <laughs> not to do it. Right. Because <laughs> that's what a lot of people do when 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 I think of people who are still stuck in the like oh god you know I have such bad ADHD I can't function I'm like you're already speaking it into existence because you're not allowing yourself any little wins and that means that when you don't have any wins or if you don't have enough wins you're talking negatively about yourself I can see it from just that statement and you're never going to be able to and enjoy empowerment you're never going to be able to build that system that allows you to function if you continuously knock it down if you've even put one one thing in the right place you know a lot of people will do that like well i didn't do anything today like guaranteed you did something but the problem is is that you're constantly looking at what you didn't do and calling yourself something because of that and that's where your executive dysfunction comes from because instead of saying Oh God, right? Like I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> Why am I not doing anything right now? Right? Like it just kind of being like, what's happening? Why won't I do it? Do I not want to do it? Right? Like you're jumping right into, I'm messed up. My brain doesn't work. I have executive dysfunction. Like you're not even giving yourself a chance to have anything other than that negative thing that's been drilled within you. And that's, I mean, that's really hard to get out of. And it's, damn near impossible for people who don't have help yep yep and 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 two is that that internal dialogue of course comes from that space of judgment but when you're having the dialogue and you're like well how do i motivate myself because this is also a learned behavior how we motivate us is learned by how our parents motivated us Absolutely. and so if we've adopted their ways of motivating us then our executive dysfunction is so much worse when i now this is a journey understanding that is a process understanding mm -hmm. whose voice is that whose belief is that mm -hmm. not yours because you didn't create that belief but somebody told you that and you adopted it as a belief Mm -hmm. And when we can step into curiosity of like how that looks like, like, what do I believe? What do I believe? Mm -hmm. When we're in curiosity, we can invite in compassion and understanding. And that doesn't mean that we're not trying to motivate or encourage us to do what we know feels good, but it's giving, leaving us having the choice not judging the choice. It's not, it's like, I always give myself a re, like the ability to say no. Mm -hmm. If I'm like, Hey, let's do this for, you know, our future self. And, and, and it's like hard. No, but I'm like, okay, not a problem. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be bad at it. I'm not going to call it lazy because it gets to make a choice. It gets to have autonomy over the decisions we make. And, and whatever you, I used to do and struggle with those conversations of, you need to work harder. You need to do this. You're lazy, blah, blah, blah. It took a while for me to unpick that ball of yarn because it, it was mired in so many different voices and, mm -hmm. and it was very much mired in my masking mm -hmm. because when I learned how to cope with my parents, my father, my teachers, and all of the things, I became this hyper-independent workaholic who manifested a chronic illness because she wouldn't rest and take time for herself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in realizing those things, it took time. It took me time to understand that. So even though you're like, yeah, but how do I go from that to this? And I'm like, yes. A lot of people are like, this is impossible. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with you, first of all, because it's a process many of us go through. Second of all, it's a process. It's about exploring and being curious. And it starts with, you know, whether we get help from a therapist, from a healer, from whatever, whatever person you feel safest with and be able to bounce thoughts off of or share things with. And um, 
and and you begin to have understanding and clarity and inviting in clarity of you know who's whose is this like when you're harsh with yourself look at it like who are you and who did, where did you come from and which person gave you to me and being able to understand those things it's just it's a lot about acceptance a lot about understanding and a, and a lot about just wanting to not be under that constant weight of that voice in your head and it's not easy but it's possible patience it takes patience people want this to happen asap because their life is so hard and it's like unfortunately you know it doesn't happen asap but you can allow yourself to see the progress and the progress will get you through if you let the progress be a big deal if you let if you if you keep looking for the end result like i want to do things perfectly i want to be neurotypical right like and i just want everybody to be like that's not a thing right i want, <laughs> I to, want to delete the whole thing from everybody's thought like i don't want to be neurotypical because i don't even know what that is it's not even real like a neurotypical means like functioning that's what i'm gonna i want to function what does functioning look like for me what does my life require of me in order to be functioning and I'm just going to build that system, right? Because I don't need to function in somebody else's life. That's not that's not how that goes. But you know, it takes it does it takes a lot of patience, and it takes. I believe when we have outside help, it's easier for people who get trapped in the executive dysfunction because you'll you'll mentally mess yourself up trying to do it right like because you're so focused on doing it right like something you just need split energy for for like some somebody else to help you reframe stuff somebody else to bounce thing, things off of because when you're bouncing it off yourself it's not working out so well right? because we already know my programming is a hot mess so if i bounce it off my hot mess programming <laughs> <laughs> probably gonna get some more of the same <laughs> right <laughs> but, yeah. yeah i love i love i i just feel like there's so much freedom internal freedom that we find when we learn how to separate ourselves from these like big major labels that are meant to hurt us and allow only really kind of only the labels that help us but even so you know just kind of using them as an understanding tool because like any other word would be an understanding tool right like i am a female i say that word you can kind of infer some certain things about my body maybe or whatever but like that's about it right you're going to need to know more about the female that's vanessa you're going to have to have more questions about that and that will separate me from all the other females right um kind of the same thing like we we can use that label to say, yeah, you know what? I feel like I feel like my brain does things such and such a way. Like we'll use the autism spectrum because I feel like that's what that what hit me. You know, like the like my frustration response is super strong, right? Like, and so I know that I know that that is a function of what they've called something that's on the autism spectrum. But the important thing is not the label of autism. The important thing is knowing that my frustration response is not something that's easy for me to control because it's not how my brain works so i'm gonna have to work a lot harder to control that i'm gonna have to work a lot harder to do whatever it is that it takes if i'm never gonna understand it because my brain can't understand it then i'm going to insert robotic answers right like uh, you, you'll you'll see a lot of a lot of people who don't know what to do we all do this you don't know what to do you spit out the thing that you saw somebody else do right because you realized that that worked in that situation okay that's fine you know you'll feel a lot better when you feel like you have an answer that you know doesn't bring things to you that you're not looking to be brought to you yeah mm. deep breath yes i love people and i'm so sorry for the people out there who yeah get hurt on a daily basis because of things like this yeah and for people who don't have awareness and they're stuck in that self you know destructive path of judging themselves and accusing themselves and thinking just because their brain doesn't work how everybody else's work that it's bad or wrong yeah or it's not even everybody else's right like so if there's nothing that I feel like that I want more than anybody take that, that that people take away from this is what you'd said before. Like nobody, like 
it's it's more quote unquote normal to be neurodivergent because divergence means difference and we're all yeah. different i mean it really is that that we are all different there's no such thing there's behaviors that look the same but the thinking isn't the thinking is we learn what is good and bad thinking we learn what is good and bad behaviors we learn all of that kind of stuff it's not innately good or bad yeah. right and that's what we're you know like if we if we can kind of detach from the idea that like there's a normal and an abnormal and there's literally just difference then i think we will be better off yeah 100% well friends angels lovers unicorns aliens all of the above i hope that we've given you some food for thought don't ever just if it feels right in your body listen to it hear it but know that this is just a perspective from our points of views from our experiences from our knowledge from our learnings and never give your power up to anybody including us yes. always remain in your autonomy of making your own decisions based on how you feel what feels right for you and what feels good in your body yes. This is a big one, I think, for many of us. So think about what we shared. Think about your own perspective and where you sit with all of them. But think about it with curiosity, with compassion, and that openness to understanding versus the openness to judge. You know the difference. We all do. We all know that feeling when we're judging versus understanding. We love you. If you need us, you know where to find us. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, love you all. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. To more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at vanessaperrycounselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further, through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.